Welcome to episode 56 of the Becoming Conscious podcast. Today, I'm going to do a little solo podcast episode. No guests are lined up on the show today. We have a few exciting episodes in the work with talking about Stoicism, Buddhism with a Buddhist scholar, um, and yeah, lots of lots of interviews on the nature of Buddhism and on the topic of Buddhism coming up. But for now, I want to do this little solo episode. So the essence of this episode is going to be, I'm going to be laying out to you different aspects of my life philosophy and what I've been noticing and reflecting on around what it means to live a good life. So there are a few different topics that I would like to cover today. I'm just going to dive right into them. The first one is drive. There's something that I'm noticing, which is without drive, without this deep, deep, deep ability to show up each and every day, no matter what the external situations are around you, without that, the good life feels, at least to me, nearly impossible. To me, the good life is showing up for the pursuit of principles, values, virtues, and just the core essence of what it is we're shooting for in life. Showing up for that each and every day and getting clear on that feels essential for living a good life. And so whether that is habits, whether it's meditation, whether it's journaling, whether it's cold showers, whether it's writing, whether it's reading, whether it's exercise, um, showing up for these each and every day, no matter what, no matter how much we're suffering, feels to me like a very crucial aspect of living a good life. And so... This ties in neatly with the second topic of courage. I've been noticing recently how courage is essential. There's this primacy of courage that without courage, there is no ability to overcome limitations and to break out of comfort. I have been noticing that in my life recently, the amount of unsatisfied priorities I have is increasing. I am unsatisfied with the amount of podcasts that I'm publishing. I'm unsatisfied with how I'm showing up socially. I'm unsatisfied with the work that I'm doing, my ability to show up and to step outside of my comfort zone. And what I'm realizing is that the only thing lacking is courage. The only thing that I am lacking is the courage to show up in that which scares me. Recording, hitting record on this podcast today was scary. I have this fear of wasting your time as a listener. I understand how valuable your time is and I don't want to waste your time. 
And also I sense that as I hit record, the insights that I've been gestating on will surface in a way that could be extremely valuable. So I want to show up in service of that. The third category is ethics. This is one that has surfaced recently in really diving into the work of Forrest Landry and who I interviewed about a week ago. By the time this podcast goes live, the Forrest Landry interview will also be live. So you can check that out. It will be, it's number 55. Um, But a lot of his work centers around ethics. A lot of Forrest's work centers around the topic of ethics and the topic of how do we make good choices? At least how I understand the way that he frames ethics is it's the science, it's the philosophy, the framework for how to make good choices. It talks about the nature of good choices and really sitting with how do we actually make good choices in our life. This feels like a deeply fascinating topic, which we're never really taught about. We kind of just are thrown into the thick of things and told to make good choices without ever really being told how. But actually sitting with what does it mean to make a good choice is something that feels central to me to sit with, that 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 it must be contemplated on a deep level in order to live a good life. So ethics is central. Um, one, one more point on the topic of ethics um, that Forrest Landry talks about, which feels relevant to surface here, is that he has this principle that love is that which enables choice. How I understand that is that if you are showing up in a way, in a relationship with another person that decreases their ability to make choices for themselves, then that is the opposite of love. That love is that which enables choice and enables the possibility for future choices that also doesn't diminish their capacity to make choices going forward in the future, even when you're not there. Um, But ethics feels like a very deep and profound topic to explore, one that I will be exploring much more in the near future. The next category of living a good life is study. There's something that's becoming very obvious to me about how it's impossible to live a good life without deep study, without showing up and studying on a regular basis. I have recently been feeling like I've been hitting the limits of my intellectual capacities, that I'm so curious but that my curiosity is falling flat, that I have this sense that I'm not well read enough, that there are, I only have so many perspectives from which to draw from. And 
Even if I have 20 perspectives, it feels extremely limiting. There's this sense that it is extremely limiting. And this brings us on to our next point, that of dialogue. So I've sat with this triple for a while. To me, it feels like a triple. I'm not sure if it matches up with the nature of a triple that Landry talks about, but there's this triple of study, dialogue, and introspection. Study being really sitting with the ideas of different paradigms, of different philosophical systems, of different perspectives, really sitting with different perspectives long and hard in a way that you really process them and genuinely internalize them. That's step one. Step two is actually introspecting and noticing the way that those paradigms are shaping your perception your way of showing up. And then the third is dialogue. That actually, without dialogue, narcissism is inevitable. This is something that I've sat with for a while now. That without dialogue, how could you not become narcissistic? Narcissism is a natural byproduct of not speaking about your ideas to other people. If we don't speak about our ideas to other people, then how are we going to ever see the holes and the blind spots that are shaping those ideas? And so the essence of this is that deep listening, really deeply, deeply listening to another person, not someone speaking through a camera, but someone in your life that you're genuinely curious about, really deeply listening and getting their worldview feels extremely important when it's balanced with study and introspection or study and creativity, um, synthesizing ideas in your own words, which is largely what the motivation behind this podcast is. And that brings us to our next two categories, introspection and interpersonal work. Introspection to me is sitting with the nature of our experience and sitting with the nature of our patterns, which often come up mostly in the interpersonal domain. Now, the... Next one, introspection and interpersonal work seem to go together. And I'm going to start with introspection. There's something about introspection as being a meta skill. It's not a specific skill that you learn, but it's the ability to witness the patterns and the ways that your mind works. And the source at the root of your thoughts, emotional states, and experiences. There's something here around, for example, let's say you judge a certain type of person. Maybe people that go to the gym, 
people that don't go to the gym, people that are too new age, people that are atheist, people that are religious. I imagine 99% of us, maybe every single one of us, to some degree, judges others. I know I judge others a lot. There are these like micro subtle judgments that occur when we just go about life. Certain people tend to trigger us. Certain people tend to annoy us more than other people. Becoming aware of these judgments is introspection, is an aspect of introspection. An aspect of introspection is noticing these ways that we're constantly judging people in subtle ways, becoming conscious of that, and then stopping it. Like literally just as you notice it, get to the source of it. What is it about this type of person that is uncomfortable to look at or makes me uncomfortable? And what is it that is giving rise to this judgment in the first place? Can I become conscious of that which is giving rise to this judgment? And if you can do that, if we can do that, then we can actually stop the judgment from arising in the first place because we can let go of that which is sourcing the judgment. This is what it looks like to do introspection. This is the machinery, the mechanics of the introspective process. And this is what I'm interested in exploring deeper. Another way that we can do introspection is noticing the ways in which we go into subtle victim energy throughout our lives. Noticing the ways in which we back down and shy away from life. Noticing the ways in which when the going gets tough, that our mind provides these rationalizations for ways of living that are less than ideal. Noticing when our mind provides these justifications for being lazy, for not showing up fully for the flourishing of our being. This is what it means to do introspection. This is why introspection is one of the most practical things that we can do. I'm going to record a podcast on the topic of introspection soon. But for now, I'm just I just wanted to give you a couple of examples to show you how foundational the introspective process is. I imagine without this happening, without this introspective process happening, how in the world could we actually grow in life and actually become aware of the workings of our psyche? And so this is another domain that feels absolutely necessary to me is the interpersonal domain. There's a way in which we can show up in the interpersonal domain that gives rise to insights not only about ourselves but about how we relate to others. There's a way in which, in the example that I was just talking about relating to introspection, when we notice the ways in which we judge other people, we notice the ways in which we get triggered or annoyed. Getting at the source of that 
is a deeply interpersonal process and one that helps us become conscious of the workings of ourself in a way that we wouldn't have before. And so, therefore, the interpersonal process, the process in which we show up with others in a way where we get curious about why we're relating to others in the way that we're relating to them with, in, and noticing the specific sticking points, the specific areas that we feel most afraid to share things with other people. What are the exact things that we feel most scared to share with other people? Perhaps it's expressing disagreement because we feel comfortable avoiding conflict. Perhaps it is expressing attraction because we're scared of getting rejected. There's so many different things that are stopping us, that are sticking points in our interpersonal lives that we can become conscious of. In the same way, we can become conscious of our own worldviews, our own paradigms, when we begin to notice the ways in which we judge others, in which we get stuck up on, on the way that other people are showing up. If there's a way, something that, that's been, that I've been noticing recently as a potential dimension of exploration in the interpersonal domain, is noticing the ways in which we want people to be other than they are. In noticing the ways that we want people to be other than exactly they are, this actually has a lot to teach us about ourselves. Because if we want someone to be different, there's something that is sourcing that desire them not to be the way that they are maybe we have a belief that there's a certain way people should show up there's a certain way of developing ourselves if someone says they're developing themselves but they show up in a way that isn't in alignment with that maybe we want them to change because it's just too uncomfortable to sit with this lack of integrity that we're experiencing from another person maybe it's hard for us to be with people that are not in integrity with themselves. It's just a random example. There's so many ways that we can become conscious of our own inner workings through the process of noticing the exact places, the specifics of where we want other people to be different than they are. And the last thing that I want to talk about here around my life philosophy. I'm sharing this life philosophy with you because ultimately it's just my, I'm hoping that you may find value in listening to the, the circles that I have come across as the most meaningful circles or domains to focus on and spend time in. And so that's what I'm sharing here. So the last point is one that I recently heard from one of the people that I listen to often by the name of Daniel Schmachtenberger. He says something along the lines of, we need to realize that we can't win without society winning. That if we are to be successful 
at the expense of others and at the expense of the collective, then this is not winning at all. In that, especially nowadays with an increasingly globalized world, any of the things that we externalize will ultimately come back to bite us in the ass. That just looking out for ourselves in a competitive environment in the long run no one will win if this is how we show up and so there's this curiosity around looking for win-win situations that i find really interesting there's this philosophy there's this ability to ask ourselves what is a choice where not only i can thrive but the greater collective in which I am participating in can also thrive. And this is realizing that my decisions, if they are externalizing the collective, if they are decreasing the collective's ability to harmonize and support the individuals within it, then we will also suffer because we are a part of the collective in which the collective is supporting and so in being a part of the collective our flourishing is therefore deeply dependent on the flourishing of the collective and so these are the main camps in which i'm currently focusing my life on these i call this my life philosophy because these are the domains that i feel are the most deeply meaningful for me to spend time in and engage with in order to flourish. So I really hope that you found this episode valuable. I have this deep, deep intention to show up more for this podcast, for creating. I've got a book in the works. And I have this deep desire to really figure out how to share the insights that I'm having on a daily basis with you, the listener, in a way that is deeply valuable, that is deeply supportive of your own flourishing. And that is my mission here with this podcast, is to really support your flourishing, to give you the tools, the protocols, the philosophy, the theory behind not only how to live with depth and wisdom, but also how to enact practices and protocols that help you develop this wisdom and this depth in your own life on a daily basis so i'm excited for you to keep listening on this journey with me thank you for listening to this episode i'm your host ethan nelson i'm signing off i will see you in the next episode bye-bye